One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Are you ready to make some podcast bronze, Joel? I'm not really ready, mate. Oh, so I was just explaining to you off, Mike, I've got an infected toe. By the time people listen to this, it'll have been either successfully or unsuccessfully uh, operated on. What happens if it's unsuccessful? Do they take your foot off? Then I want this. I want you to play this at my funeral. Oh, great! This one. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't commit. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to pr- just put together a best of. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's that. about four hours long, and people have to sit and listen to it. Weep. So just the unedited tapes of every episode with me cut out. Well, that'd be that'd be good, wouldn't it? And then I'll make sure the same things played at your funeral. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage, where it will be adapted as the national anthem for the newly established sovereign state, Grovetopia. Three guesses. Who's going to be king of that? Oh, I'm not actually going to do the free guesses. because oh, you know it's me. I'm Joel, a man who puts the stud in studious, and across from me is John Harris, a man so afraid of the dark, he hasn't closed his eyes for ten years. How you doing, John? If you get contact lenses, you could probably get away with doing that, and I'm, th- I'm seriously thinking about it. Never closing your eyes again? Yeah. Why don't you just... Or closing my eyes forever. It's one of the two. No, I think you should just close one at a time. It's just constantly yeah. winking. You know, like that. You know those lizards. Yeah. Who, when they're on hot sand, you don't need to tell me. I said, yeah. They sit on. <laughs> but lizards. the listener might not know. John. <laughs> um, much as you you protest, there are people that listen to this every week, um, and they might not have as extensive a knowledge of reptiles as yeah. you. They will put two feet on the ground at one time okay. and then alternate when they get too hot. Wait, but that's walking. What? They have four legs, mate. Name me a two-legged lizard. Oh, apart from. <laughs> Theresa May, am I right? The lizards walk on one leg at a time this is, when they're hot. You jumped in so early to, to say that you knew about this and you've clearly got no knowledge of it whatsoever. So imagine a four-legged animal, right? Yeah, I've heard of them. Front left leg and back right leg will be on the ground to yeah. balance it. When those two legs get too hot, it'll switch to front right leg, back left leg. It's just, this is when it's standing? Yeah. Uh, I thought when it was walking. Walking, I was out like that. walking out like a marionette. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. Joe, all I know is... I. Whenever you talk, I say yes, because I know that that's good pod etiquette. And sometimes mm. it leads me to make ridiculous claims like, yeah, I know about this lizard. Anyway, that's what we've got time for on Reptile <laughs> Chat for this week. John, 
We're here to pitch movies. Yeah. Pitch me a movie. Alpaca lips now. That's from Tom. <laughs> that llama's lips. Yeah. Alpaca lips now. That's quite good. It's a pun, and it sounds and it sounds like a film title. Mm-hmm. Past that, Colonel Kurtz is a llama oh. in the middle of Vietnam, and he's got beautiful lips. <laughs> Hang on, does an alpaca have good lips? That says more about you than it does. No, because it's alpaca lips now. The second word is lips, and the third word is now. What it sounds like is Tom Alpa- is demanding. And alpaca's lips. Yeah. And hey, look, whatever Tom wants to do with them is his own business. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Has he emailed the wrong show? (laughs) I actually know Tom, so a bit of insight. He personally messaged messaged this to me without any context. Really? So, like, is he all right? Does he know about the show? (laughs) When we get something like this with the Dream Factory, through the Dream Factory Mm. accounts, you know, we immediately, I can immediately go, oh, that's probably a film. But in this instance, I had to, I had to say, are you okay, mate? Tom, is this for the dream factory? Is this factory? like a safe word? Tell me, is this for the kidnapped? dream factory? <laughs> so, yeah. If oh. I ever get kidnapped, I'll message you the words alpaca lips now, and you'll know. Well, Although, I'll be honest, mate, if I get kidnapped, and uh, I think I need someone to save me, you are so far down the list of people that I would try. Yeah, I oh, know, no, absolutely. We're about to feature on your list? Pretty highly, I imagine. <laughs> you, say, mate, you, say, you say, like, you have it already ready. What, my list? You'd probably be in the top 30. Really? Yeah. Okay. I only know about 25 people. So. I imagine 29 of them are an elite squad in the Met Police, and then it's me. Yeah, yeah. What about this one from friend of the show, Stu? Um, at this all moment right, in Stu. time, just quickly, I'd like to remind all the listeners that the role of enemy of the show is still open <laughs> and available. <laughs> yeah, we're still auditioning for that. Pablo Disco Bar, a musical version of Pablo Escobar's life entirely with songs by the Bee Gees, Cool and the Gang, and Casey and the Sunshine Band. Great. That's great. He's given us a plot. That's like, not a plot. Story, well, a yeah. Version yeah. of his life. But I thought, I, I, I prefer the idea, when it came through, I thought it was like Pablo Escobar. It's the story of Pablo Escobar, but he makes his... He makes his billions disco in Chris. disco bars. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> just making... Di- he's just like the most... He's like... Imagine Peter Streamfellow. He's the only oh, other... Okay. He's the only other club magnate I could think of. <laughs> Peter Stringfellow. Yeah, are there many other... Can you can you think of a club magnate? Yeah, big time, mate. Aaron P. Stone. Mm, yeah, he owns... Weatherspoons. He owns... Yeah, JD Weatherspoon. <laughs> um, Aaron P. Stone owns all of the nightclubs in Medway. Um, and if I were to <laughs> share... Real? Yeah, and if I, if I were to share... Any of the rumours I've heard about him now, I would get a brick through my window tonight. It's all alleged. Even though you haven't said anything, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat it with <laughs> allegedly. I might say things later in the show mm. that are accusations about him that I've heard. As character traits. Just in... as, yeah, as various character <laughs> traits and plot lines. I like that. Um, I thought, always thinking, Joel, uh, Pablo Disco Bar is probably a sequel to Napoleon Bonaparte. Nice, very good. I don't like the word Bonaparte, but apart from that... <laughs> yeah, that also came from Tom. <laughs> Alpaca lips now, followed shortly by a Bonaparte. Uh, any from you, Joe? No. Yes, um, <laughs> this one's coming from Joe. Mulherland Drive. Stephen Mulhern <laughs> wakes up with amnesia after a failed prank on Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. And then weird stuff happens, right? It gets really surreal pretty quick. Now, I don't know if you've seen Anandex Saturday Night Takeaway, but they <laughs> venture sometimes into the surreal. Yeah. There was a rotating house the last time I saw it. There's potential there. 
So I like this. I prefer the idea, Joe, that it's Mulhern does the film Drive. Oh, good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. So With the jacket. Like brooding in a jacket, murdering people. Where did Stephen Mulhern come from? <laughs> what do you mean? One day there wasn't Stephen Mulhern, and now he is omnipotent. So for the international listener, because he's very much a British thing. Mm-hmm. He's a, for now. He's like, he's like this. Right. So Ant and Deck are TV presenters and they're sidekicks to each other. And he's their sidekick. Yeah, and they all look quite similar. He, yeah, he's yeah. a sidekick to, to, sidekicks. to sidekicks. Oh, mate. He's also, the way I know him as a, from childhood is as a TV presenter slash magician. And he does, I think he still does magic on. When did he do that? He was on, like, CITV. Oh, I didn't watch CITV, mate. Oh, yeah, you were, you were watching CBBC. All, yeah, all the way. All, all the way. way. Genuinely disgusted by people that used to watch ITV. Oh, come on. Everyone watched <laughs> My Parents Are Aliens. Oh, yeah, I did watch My Parents yeah, Are Aliens. Yeah, everyone did. Yeah. It's top stuff. <laughs> um, no, the answer to the question, I don't know where Stephen Mulhern came from, but I'm, I'm glad he's here. Uh, what about this one from Helen? I think we can go into this one quite a lot. The Darkest Rush Hour. <laughs> so, Jackie Chan. <laughs> right. And Chris Tucker, they go back in time and hang out with Churchill, Church. I assume. How do they go back in time? Uh, they drive really quickly? Yeah, is it DeLorean-based? Yeah, no, it's not. <clears throat> right, so Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker meet Winston Churchill. I yeah. forget about how they've got there or what's happened. Okay, maybe, they're, maybe they're not Jackie Chan and Chris... Well, so uh, like, in the film Rush Hour, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker aren't playing Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker... They're playing fictional characters. So maybe they're just playing the ancestors of those fictional characters. Cool. Prequel. Yeah. And there is a bit in Darkest Hour that everyone's got beef with where he gets on a tube. Why have they got right? beef with it? Because like... Tubes aren't around. I mean, it's classic British people getting annoyed about something. I think he's on the tube for too long and he gets like the tube to Westminster from somewhere very close to Westminster <laughs> and spends five minutes saying hello to everyone. But in actual fact, the tube wouldn't have taken that long. <laughs> the, 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 the big one is in Thor 2... Thor gets on the tube at Greenwich and asks yeah. to go somewhere very central and they say, like, it's two stops. Yeah. So Churchill has to make a big speech across town. Yeah. Um, and he won't get there in time unless he's escorted by Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker because there's bad guys around. So the plot of... The plot of Rush Hour. Yeah. Someone the, gets kidnapped. And so the governments somehow, of both countries team up. And what, put forward their best men? Yeah, I don't know. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yeah. That kind of happens in the uh, the Nordic uh, drama The Bridge. I don't, Jackie I'm, Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is I've just realised right now that The Bridge is an unofficial sequel to Rush Hour. Rush I'm sure of it. How many Rush Hours were there? Three. So this would be Rush Hour 4. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it, Joel. All right. If, if people are going to get upset with how long it took for, for a tube to get from one to another, do you not think they'll be upset with? They did that weird, like... Uh, one where Christian Slater played Churchill and it was like all what? claymation and stuff. You've dreamt that. It was called, I think it was called Churchill the Hollywood Years or something like that. You've dreamt that. Okay. You, that you've made that up. Come at me. <clears throat> Film here from Mark O'Milly. It's Lil Wayne in Paris. Wait, what? Oh! That's pretty good, isn't it? Amelie. It's a thinker, I'll grant you that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You have to be yeah. pretty, you have to be a, pretty, a bit of a culture vulture to get that one. Yeah. So 2001, a hit international movie, foreign film, yeah. Amelie. Lil Wayne, most famous song, Amelie. What Mark's cleverly done there is combine the two. So Lil Wayne's living in a um, quaint little studio flat in Montmartre. 
Oh, that's cute. Um, and from there, he's controlling all of hip-hop. Remind me, John, you're French. What happens in Amelie? She sort of controls other people's lives. That's right, isn't it? She, like, follows other people's lives, doesn't she? And then she finds a man in a photo booth she likes. Doesn't she sort of have, like, a Matilda telepathic power over people? Yeah. 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 I remember at one point she goes, like, I know how many people are having an orgasm right now in the city. It was 13, I believe. Absolutely no way. I don't believe that in France at any one time there's only 13 people having an Uh, orgasm. I think it was... I, I would it was, put the number it was on the road. I would put the, yeah, it was in that cafe. I'd put the number at near thirteen thousand, wouldn't you? At any uh, one time, time, the number of people having an orgasm in Paris. It's how the city's powered. <laughs> thirteen, pure sexual. What was it like a national day of mourning? Yeah. Oh, I'm it sorry. runs on pure sexual energy. That's not water in the Seine. I don't know. So I've seen Amelie. I right for the record, everyone. Not only have I not seen enough of these films. I also have the worst memory, so even some of the films I have seen, I can't for the life of me. It just means you can happens. rewatch them. It means you can rewatch oh, them and enjoy them all over again. That'd be good. And you know who Lil Wayne is, right? I've heard of him. He's a millionaire, he's a young money millionaire. He's he... tougher than Nigerian hair. Wasn't there one year where he released 192 songs or something absurd? He's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a venereal disease, <laughs> like a menstrual bleed. Are these all part of his lyrics? Yeah, I'm not just freestyling it. That's what that's those are the lyrics of seemed, that song. But it seemed like quite a good response to me saying how many uh, tracks he did in a year. You said he's a venereal disease. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, he spread like wildfire. It seemed like yeah, 192. That's oh. what one every two days. Yeah, I'm not happy. Prolific, about this. prolific. Do you reckon he did batched them, or yeah. he actually did one every other day? But he's got to take some like a week off or something. You know, before you go on holiday, you try and get all your stuff in. You're like, release these every other day while I'm away, would you? Pops you out of office on. <laughs> do hip-hop artists have out of office on their emails? No, Joe. I'm sorry. How do you feel about people that write um, quirky out of office messages? Ah, uh, it's getting the same, mate, right? I, you know when it's like, <laughs> you can't get in touch with me right now, I'm sunning myself here. I always worry that I would set, because I mean, I could write a great out of office email, don't get me wrong. <laughs> You'd write the, the quirkiest. Yeah, it'd be sensational. Yeah. But what I worry about is that I'd have catastrophically fuck something up in the days preceding me leaving and then lots of people will try and get in touch with me while on holiday enraged and they'll uh, receive like a, like a photoshop picture of me at the, on the beach or like you as like um one of the sphinxes in Egypt yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> in a bikini and that would really rub salt into the wound so I worry about that quite a lot so whenever I put an out of office on it's so stale it's like a dispatch from the front line or something it's like Joel's not here. I'm afraid I'm ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm a scary ghost. Anything. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm ooh. I'm afraid I'm Anything ooh. Anything urgent, contact the team. That's. I think that's all I do. I might, if if I'm feeling really wacky, put the date that I'm returning. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah. Um, I, I leave, I say, anything urgent, go to these coordinates. <laughs> what, where you're on holiday? Yeah, no, no, not where I'm holiday. I've left a message for them there. <laughs> Have you ever left anything for someone else to find? There was some talk about this like in the office. Like a key under a rock? No, like a message I've, I've done in that. a bottle. Have you ever thrown a message in a bottle? <sighs> I don't, look, Joel, my memory's bad enough as it is. I, I can't remember, but I, my guess is no. I let go of some balloons once and one of them got to Scotland. Oh, well, they're like, get in touch with me if you get yeah, this balloon. Yeah, yeah. Someone did. Maybe I we mean, should do that. that's fine. Maybe we should do that. A load of balloons with our face on. Our face? Right, my face. Listener, just for the record, we don't share a face. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Imagine fine. the, the listener try. briefly for I thought this was two people speaking with <laughs> one face. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, Joel, uh, you need to help me out with this one. I think, you can, I think you can really get involved on this one. This one's from Steve. Willy Wonka and the Football Factory. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm just going to be up front and say that off the bat. It's a great idea. <laughs> what do you know about... I know you said either of those things. Obviously, you know loads about the football factory. Let me educate you on... <laughs> no. Um, so, Willy Wonka. Yeah. What happens to him in the end? Does he retire? Oh, to a yeah, life he goes, on the terraces? he gets nothing. And then I think then he, he gets gives everything. it to him in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what like, does he oh, do? No. Yeah, maybe just... Maybe, like... I want to I want a film about Willy Wonka's retirement. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Well, maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe what he's always wanted to do his whole life. And look, Oompa Loompa, a great football chant right there. It's got the cadence and the rhythm of an excellent chant from the terraces, if you ask me. Can you just imagine fans up and down, bouncing up and down? Yeah. I imagine the stall, each stall is in a different like, like yeah. rhythm to each other. So yeah. like, oh, but- mate, football fans will be capable of <laughs> choreographing that. Don't you worry about it. Um, they, when, before the internet... Yeah. I know this about Manchester United. There were guys that wrote the football chants and went to the pubs before games and told the fans what the chants were going to oh, be. Oh, that's kind of cool. Cute. Is that? I find that cute. Yeah. That's sweet. That is really sweet, isn't it? All right, guys, this week. Yeah, we're going to do the Giggsy one. Uh, that sounds like Joy Division. Uh, we're going to do Glory, Glory, Mo United. I don't know how we do it every week, but it's good to remind <laughs> you. Uh, Open with that. Yeah, we'll like with that. We'll probably close with it as well. Uh, when we're 2 0 up, we'll do the we're going to score one more. Yeah, it's just great fun. Um, anyway, so Willy Wonka has always secretly loved a bit of rough and tumble, right? Yeah. He was doing car park fights around the back of the chocolate factory. The factory must have had some sort of car park. <laughs> I assume so. So there was like white collar boxing around there that he used yeah. to organise. And now he's gone into football hooliganism. Yeah, just to confirm, fo- Football Factory is, is about football hooligans. Yeah, I've not actually seen it. Oh, really? But I've seen films about football hooliganism, nah, and I can't imagine that there's much difference. Nah. Is Football Factory a Danny Dyer one? I think so. So I'm going to have a little bit. So I've seen Green Street. Yeah, so the synopsis, British soccer fans, Danny Dyer, Frank Harper, 
Tamar Hassan celebrate their favourite sports in a wash of drugs, alcohol and violence. Great. That's, I mean, very similar to my experience of going to the Valley. Of oh, Saturday. yeah, yeah. You took me there, mate, and it was like it was like Jekyll Hyde. You were. Uh... I, I, tr- I flipped as soon as I went through the yeah, turnstile. Was... Yeah, I actually go through the turnstile loads really, really quickly and come out <laughs> the other end in like a different outfit and stuff. Um, um, so I've seen Green Street, which is the okay. Elijah Wood one. Yes, which is mad. Which is odd casting, isn't it? Really odd casting. And the moral of the story: so he he's a student in America and he gets beaten up in a toilet, and then he comes to West Ham where they teach him how to be violent. Then at the end of the film, he goes back and someone starts on him again and he beats him up. And the vol- the the moral of the story is be violent. Ah. It's good, it's good. It's a good take-home message. Well, if you take anything away from this podcast this week... Be violent. Be Not just be violent, just be more violent than you're currently being, because you might already be violent. Yeah. So just, you know, take it up a notch. What? what so what... Right, so he starts... Willy Wonka sets up, a, like, a really a colourful factory. Where's Charlie Bucket from? What's the local football team? I don't know. Okay, whoever they are... Yeah. They haven't got a firm. So Willy Wonka sets up a firm. Okay. Do you know what a firm is? No. It's like the ultras within the fan, within the fans, right? So the firm, the self-appointed firm, are like the enforcers. They're the ones that start the fights and start a lot of the chants and stuff. But they're like the aggressors within a. So every football team and every section of fans will have a firm within that. So Green Street is the name of the West Ham firm because there's a street near Upton Park called Green Street. So they all have firms. Oh. There's a football hooliganism film called The Firm. So it's like, it's like the most organised violence. Uh, not the most organised violence. There are wars and things. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, war. They're not on, on a par with like the mafia. Okay. You know? Yeah, wait, there's a lot. Yeah, fine. I take it back. So I mean, anyway, Willy Wonka's... Are, like, they're, they're, they're called, they're like organised violence. That's, their, that's literally their name, isn't it? Organised crime, yeah. Crime, yeah. Sorry. Because they've got more rackets than violence. That's not, like, I don't want to... Mm. pigeonhole the mob you know they can try their hand at anything yeah but football hooligans they're basically just in it for violence okay love a scrap right so he sets up a firm for the local football team and, and it's him and a load of Oompa Loompas <laughs> I was about to say yeah. I mean it has to end with Oompa Loompas fighting other football teams yeah fans yeah one of the things that annoyed me about the recent Willy Wonka thing whilst we're on pedantry about British stuff mm-hmm. uh, is that he goes the kid goes it doesn't have to make sense it's candy and it really annoyed me because we it's a like they're playing British characters we'd call it sweets yeah yeah well annoyingly for you in this film they keep calling it soccer (laughs) (laughs) before I move on to the next one uh, we got we got messaging from Andy Uh, he says our souls at night Um, (laughs) he just wants us to know that there's a film called our souls at night oh it's a recent film in America clearly that doesn't I'll pack a lips now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's time again. Our Souls at Night. Yeah, he just wanted us to know that there's a film called Our Souls at Night. Has you heard about a life event later in the year? What, we call it Our Souls <laughs> at yeah, Night? Yeah. That's quite good. No, it's quite fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What about this one from Mike? Atlantis has fallen. Now, he saw Olympus has fallen, and he saw London has fallen. Mm-hmm. Now, Olympus is at Washington, uh, and then London, London, Yeah, but Atlantis is at is Atlantis. Isn't it? It's location's unknown because it got flooded. Yeah. And it's definitely real. Yeah. I think it's the basis of one of the Aladdin sequels. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Aladdin sequels. Don't quote me on that, but That's... I feel like there's a, a moving city in one of them that's Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, that, this is me yesing you, Joe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Cool, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was the fourth one. 
<laughs> it wasn't Prince of Thieves because the, the quality actually stayed quite high for Prince of Thieves. What? There's a film called Aladdin Prince of Thieves? Yeah. It's like an animated Disney It's Aladdin film. 2. What? Yeah. yeah. Prince of Thieves. It's one of the animated sequels that holds up oh, pretty fair well. Play, fair play. Anyway, what are, we talking, what are we talking about? Atlantis Yeah, has fallen. Gerard Butler is a mermaid. <laughs> or, or, or Neptune. He could be Neptune, couldn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. So, the plot of He's the... Neptune's bodyguard. Yeah. Who, but, but who would attack Atlantis? Terrorists. What are the terrorist organisation called? Are they called anything in the... For... Right, so the Has Fallen films, all I know for them is the first one had... Let's play a game of go fuck yourself. Your mm-hmm. first great line. Yeah. The second one, he says, "Why don't you go back to fuck offistan?" Which is a bit. Which they thought, let's go, let's take those great lines, yeah. and then went racist. Mm. And I think it's about Gerard Butler punching terrorists who try and attack big cities. Take it underwater. Yeah. Because then the next one will be on the moon. Uh, are the terrorists also mermaids? Or are they wearing scuba gear? They've got a submarine. Okay. Yeah. So he punches a submarine. <laughs> I'm imagining like a really rickety, like like almost like yellow submarine, submarine. But yeah, like nice, crack. nice. Yeah, really, yeah, and he yeah. just punches but it. But with a skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. Because that's what terrorists, that's the sign of terrorists. I assume it's quite like cute and, uh, I assume all the other films are quite cute and um, quirky. Yeah. It's like always Anderson film. It's like the life aquatic <laughs> Bill yeah. Murray <laughs> plays a terrorist. He's the head of a terrorist cell. <laughs> yeah. And it's punched by Gerard Butler. Nice. Let's have our ideas. Who should go first, John? Do you want me to go first? Mine's DC's Shazam, a superhero whose only power is that he's exceptionally good at recognising music. Because <laughs> uh, obviously Joel and I look like troll through all the big up and coming yeah, films. To yeah, find. Yeah, yeah. So I saw DC Shazam and yeah. thought, there's nothing there, mate. Did and you? As soon as you said it, as soon as you emphasized the word Shazam, <laughs> like, of course there is. Well, the thing is, you have to emphasize the word Shazam because it's got an exclamation mark on the end. Oh, yeah, true. This is, so DC have failed time and time again to make the, a great superhero film, Wonder Woman aside. They thought, look, Marvel are doing this fun, quirky thing. How can we make our film fun and quirky? Exclamation mark. Shazam! You can't, like, Shazam doesn't scream murky and grey, does it? Yeah. I don't know who the fuck Shazam is. Oh, right. Is it, Do you? Sorry, I thought you meant the bra- I thought you Have meant you the, the song guy? recognition thing. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. No, no, no. I was going to pretend like I did for a second there. Shazam! I know about it now, and if I'm not wrong, I think he's a child who, when he becomes a superhero, is an adult. A bit like Bana- I think Banana cool. Man was that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love He's it. He's the American Banana Man. I'm, I'm hanging out for the Banana Man film. Yeah. Um, also, you know, we've got to think, look, we're modern day filmmakers, Joel. And we are. The, and the tie-ins will be huge. The amount of money we'll be getting purely off name recognition for Shazam. I mean... Big time. It's the ultimate product placement. It's the best. It's literally the name of the film. Um Name me some circumstances, because I couldn't think of many, in which him being a superhero that's only able to recognise music is useful. Some kind of... Before the terrorists attack or the baddies attack, they play a song, a chant. Nice. And then, so then like, it's almost like a super like, detective thing where he can be like, they're about to attack this city. And then the real superhero is going to do the hard work. <laughs> no, but then his superhero power is excellent hearing. And that isn't his superhero uh, power. He has the normal, he has the hearing of a normal man. Yeah. He can just recognise the song. Uh, Maybe they send coded messages in the songs they play. Yeah, I like, like that. So they exchange messages via mixtape or something. 
Yeah. And they don't label them, so you don't know what the songs are. Mm. That's, and, oh, that's really clever. Well done. And, and he shazams it and goes, the name of this song is, we're going to attack this city. And he shouts shazam every time before <laughs> yeah. he names what the song is. Shazam! <laughs> the name of the song is, we're going to attack this city. Yeah. And then the next one is like the time. Yeah, that's, very, that's great. <laughs> Third one's like the type of weapon they're going to use. Yeah. And the fourth one's just like an excellent David Gray track just to <laughs> ease people in. <laughs> and then and then the like one of the final sequences of the film is you like listen he like listens to the track again. They're like in they're in like a big city. I'm not gonna say I, for some reason I felt scared to say a city, like as if films don't attack cities. Yeah, they don't. So they're in Prague. <gasps> oh, I can't really said that. So they're in Prague and the and Oh, by the way, The Rock's playing Shazam in the big adaptation. Yeah, of course, yeah. Which is beautiful because yeah. all of our films contain The Rock, so yeah. this is one of the easiest Ideal. ones. Yeah. So The Rock is sat there and he thought, and they're like, the, the attacks are supposed to have happened already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's happening, guys? So he goes and listens to the track again and he got it wrong. Oh, it's not in Prague. It's in another city that sounds like Prague. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Hamburg. <laughs> Great. Yeah. He needs to get his ears wax, his, uh, his earwax um, syringed. Always, I've always wanted to go and get that done, but also it feels a bit like Pandora's box. Why? <laughs> we know what's in there, and once you've had it done, you know. Yeah, I. What well, once you go? What? There's no going back. You could hear everything ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> ah, shut up, people, world! There's thirteen people having an orgasm. <laughs> that sort of thing. John lives alone. <laughs> uh, I've got access to the internet. Um, <laughs> what's your idea, John? Okay, what about this one from me? My name's John. Here's my idea. So, I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the kind of one of the reasons that we started this was um, loneliness, like, loneliness, no uh, and the fact that like Michael Bay got away of making a battleship movie yes. based on numbers board a, game, based on a board game, yeah. And we've previously tried to do Kaplunk, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, I was thinking, let's go a bit more modern, let's go a bit more hip. And then I thought maybe Tamagotchi, and then, that is modern, that is hip. <laughs> yeah, and then I thought even more modern hip, Joel. Do you remember? And I think this is a little bit after our time, and I think I know it because my little brother had one. Do you remember Scanners? Yes. <laughs> what about the Scanners I had a movie? Scanner. Are you saying that I was too old to have a scanner? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I didn't have one. Scanners was the weirdest fucking thing. And yeah. I haven't thought about this <laughs> for, right for about 14 years. Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm, I've got goosebumps now thinking about this because <laughs> it was the most insane fucking thing. Yeah. So, well, you, can, you should explain it. It's your movie idea. No, I feel like because you had one, I feel like you've got a better hold on it. So it was this handheld device. It was like a big flat Tamagotchi, like hand, you know, pretty, pretty sizable mini sort of tablet thing with a tiny screen on and an infrared scanner at the top. And you could scan any barcode of any product that existed, <laughs> and that would correlate to um, different creatures and items that existed within this game. So you could go into your kitchen and scan your porridge, and it might mean you got a new like monster to add to your roster of monsters. And you could train them up, and you could like battle them, because other barcodes would initiate that, or other people that you met. Uh, i tell you now, I never met a single other person <laughs> in the world with a scanner. Could have done with really being mates with your brother at that time in my life. Um, yeah, and you would... So you just scan all the household items, where you go to a supermarket and scan stuff, and it would send you items to this thing. It was mad. It was really, really mad. It's one of those things that, like... 
I look back now, my parents were thinking, what is this piece of crap we've bought our son? And like, I think, oh, I can't wait to start buying that sort of shit for my kids <laughs> and be confused and feel old. So, yeah, they were just trying to, like, they were just trying to glamorise checkouts. It was, they were pre-self-service checkouts. That's what they were, mate. Yeah, look, if I got a monster or something every time I went self-service to self-service checkout. checkout, I'd be all over it. So, basically, let's be, let's put our cynical hat on and go, what they thought was, Tamagotchis weren't appealing to boys enough. Yeah. Let's make the monsters slightly less cute. Let's make the handset more. It looks it looks more like aggressive is a weird word to describe design, but it is more like it yeah, just, a bit more edgy. Yeah, and yeah, and it was definitely like let's make Tamagotchis for boys with this cool element that the Tamagotchis didn't have. Um, anyway, so my thought process is: How do how, what what kind of conspiracy theory in a world in a film world would mean that you would put monsters into barcodes? Yeah, good question. Good question. So that's that again sounds like some sort of secret messaging thing. So ah, oh, maybe oh. the monsters can be put into barcodes and then snuck across borders and then taken out of the barcode and they exist in the real world. Oh, and so you've got to get one of these scanner things and catch them all before they and here's attack. The, here's them underlying uh satire yeah the film's about people becoming obsessed with processed foods and they should eat organic natural fresh foods because there's not bar- there's no there's, there's not no barcode, barcode on an apple so the message is this food's evil oh barcoded food is evil yeah big time yeah and they kind of take the form a little bit this is sorry this is our film this is an actual scanner they kind of take the form I'm gonna of buy like scanners. mozzarella like of like mozzarella of like you know, like a ready meal and stuff. Mozzarella was the monster. worst processed food you could think of then. <laughs> what, what kind of fucking... I was thinking art, melted cheese. What kind of artisanal motherfucker are you? <laughs> uh, it'll be one of those horrible processed foods, like mozzarella. <laughs> what, do you make your own cheese? When I was a kid, my granddad used to make... He might as well do this. Make his own cheese in a sock that he would hang off the washing line. I had a very normal childhood. That's amazing. A very... I. Ask me how many times I tried the sock cheese. How many times? Did you None. Of course, I never oh, ate that. He made I would his have own gone for a bit. Sock. No, you wouldn't. I would have gone for. You one. Absolutely would not. not. Not when you see the sock. Well, <laughs> I assume it was a. F- it comes straight off his clean foot. Shut up. <laughs> he went for a run and then just hung the sock up with yeah, some milk and then, in it, and, they, and the cheese was just four minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, that's a scanners and Granddad's sock cheese are things I haven't thought about for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and so I'm going to go home and you know. Just have a, settle in for the evening and think, think about my childhood. <laughs> uh, so the two messages to take away from this uh, episode this week, guys. Be more violent. Yeah, that's the main one. And processed food is evil. Processed food is evil, yeah. Take, uh, use your violence on processed food. <laughs> Send in your photos of you punch, <laughs> punching a ready meal. <laughs> a, a mozzarella ball. <laughs> Please don't. Do, absolutely do. Um, well, uh, that brings us to the end, John. Who, who is the winner this week? Uh, the darkest rush hour. The darkest rush hour, really? <laughs> no, I liked you had uh, you brought us a good one from Mark. Yeah, Amelie. Yeah, yeah, great. It's just nice to think about Little Wayne every now and again. Anyway, we know it's time to go because there is a rat tat tat at the studio door, uh, and strolling on in for their booking, it's only bloody Shazam. I've got a serious guilty pleasure at the moment. Oh, go on. It's a TV show. Yeah. Called Brain Dead. Go on. 
It came out in 2016. They made one season of it and cancelled it. <gasps> and That's not fun. My girlfriend Emma and I were scrolling through Amazon Prime. Yeah. We were, hit, we were about to hit the point where we're going to fall out over having not chosen anything for... Oh, it's the worst, isn't 20, it? Probably tw- we're probably like 20 minutes of scrolling. You know, like 50% of uh, marriages end in divorce. Yeah. I think Netflix and Amazon have only increased that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll start seeing Netflix cited in divorce papers pretty, oh, sh- sure. pretty soon. Anyway, so we saw Braindead. And I was like, look, look at this. This is a show. It exists. Um, and it was five stars on Amazon. <laughs> This is a show. It exists. That was the that was the criteria you were looking for. And we were like, right, point. let's just fucking watch it. Let's just watch it. The lead character played Ramona in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, and the story is a meteor crashes in Washington D.C. and loads and loads of bugs come out of it, and they start crawling into the ears of politicians and changing their behaviour. And it's like really funny and really excellently. It's really really good. It's yeah. really good. But I'm, I'm too scared to tell anyone, like, in my day-to-day life that I like it in case they watch it and think, is he all right? Why? Because I, I don't know if it's crap. Because they didn't renew it for a second season, right? So, I don't know. I've got about two episodes left and they'll never have any more of this show to watch again. But I'm hoping if I can encourage yeah. the listeners to this to watch. Finally, we'll get it back on. So look out on Twitter for our change.org petition. Uh, on, a, on a different end of the uh, popularity spectrum. Mm-hmm. I am all over Queer Eye. It's brilliant. It's I haven't watched it yet. Brilliant. I need to watch so, it. Uh, I never watched the original. If if you've got nothing to watch, episode of Brain Dead, episode of Queer Eye, and just keep going. No, I don't know. You don't need to watch the original Queer Eye at all. It's no. a new gang. It's a whole new gang. It's a whole new gang. What happened to the old gang? I don't know. Stuff, mate. They did. It's brilliant. It's really good. Yeah. Lovely, feel good, just uplifting telly, which is what we all need right now. And if there's anyone that knows about lovely, feel-good, uplifting things, it's John Harris. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.